Welcome to the Pasho Perspective, a place where I share my perspective on everything in the space between life and death. I'm your host, Pasho. Well, my Pachos Chachos, today's episode is titled, Look With Your Eyes. Now, it may seem pretty obvious, but it's a running joke in my house. Honey, I love you. Please don't get mad. But it's also a little joke. I play with my wife sometimes since uh, I am the one who gets home earlier. I typically spend my time then doing all the things that are necessary, uh, like laundry, dishes, putting things away, etc., grocery shopping. And so I usually know where everything is. And so when my wife is looking for some things, I you know, try to describe where she should look, but oftentimes, not too often. I mean, my wife is a very intelligent woman uh, and can, you know, has no problem finding things. But every once in a while, she has difficulty finding something to which I, you know, have to stop whatever it is that I'm doing and get up and help her find what she's looking for. And because I usually know where things are, because I'm the one who put them away, uh, I find it very quickly. And she always asks me then, how did you find it so fast? And as a joke, of course, I tell her, because I look with my eyes. <laughs> now, I don't know how crazy she is about that reaction, although uh, I think I've worn her down now to where she just smirks or gives me a snarky look or something to that effect and uh, moves on with her life. But it kind of inspired me then for today's subject that my message for these incoming freshmen that I'm teaching and for the young generation as a whole, pay attention to society right now. Take a look around. Take an invoice of all the things your predecessors have done and are doing. So, for example, direct your eyes towards the statistics and research that has shown that drug addiction is going up in both males and females. Joe Biden wants to legalize federally marijuana, which I know many of you may be in favor of and like myself, you may not be in favor of it because you have had to dance with the devil, as it were, and know that you always get your foot stepped on. Um, but I don't see that as a win. I don't see that as a good thing. I mean, this generation is already so lacking in motivation. That's the last thing you need to do is sit comatose on a couch staring at more screen time. Take a look at what it's done to their lives. What kind of jobs do these people who do uh, give in to the temptation of drugs, what are they doing with their lives? Are they professionals? Are they bringing in an income that they don't have to live check to check to survive? Can they even afford family? You know, are they married? Are they even in a relationship? Or has this golden calf, as it were, distracted them from all of the things that would actually bring them joy. You know, when you're numb all the time, you don't really notice that you're not happy. And when you're numb, you don't really take inventory of the things that you lack. 
So look with your eyes and see, is that really the path you want to follow? Sure, it might be fun. Sure, you might enjoy music and movies and colors and, you know, other random things like food uh, a little bit more. You know, it kind of reminds me of, I don't remember the comedian, but he was in a movie called Half-Bake. Uh, he's just a small character, but one of the, you know, stereotypes of the marijuana user you know, the guy would ask him, have you ever seen the sky, man? Have you ever seen the sky on weed, man? You know, like, is that really where you want to be? Staring at things like a child looking at something for the first time? Or wouldn't you rather be present and analytical and critical and be able to decipher whether something is good or bad for you. You know, when you chase that dopamine hit, which is really all it is, just trying to make yourself happy for the next 15 seconds, but then the 16th second comes. And so you need to get another dopamine hit and so on and so forth. And eventually you are no longer using the drug. The drug is using you, or at least the company, the manufacturers, the growers, the sellers, and the government who taxes it all is benefiting off of something that's not good for you. And so I would really suggest that you look with your eyes open and see the reality of it. Look at all the homelessness and the drug abusers lined up on the streets of New York, Chicago, LA, San Francisco. I mean, follow the premise through. That's where it's going to take you. You know, some people say that pot is a gateway drug and I mean, you can fight it all you want, but from my experience, I hold that to be true. That if you're going to risk sinning in one way or another, then all the other things are just sideways sins, not worse. It's the same. And you're right. All drugs, all idols are the same in that they are not good for you. And they misguide you. And they distract you from growing and evolving and actually becoming the person that you can. I remember seeing a quote from Jordan Peterson where he said, the reason you're not who you want to be is because you're not willing to sacrifice the thing that you love most. And I think the problem with potheads and other types of drug users is that's how you define yourself. And you're so proud. You're so proud that you roll joints, you hit bongs, you you know, have indica or sativa and high THCs and all that stuff. But you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're wasting time. You're numbing yourself instead of being aware and conscious with eyes wide open to the possibilities that present themselves to you every day. Because you're too short-memoried to take advantage of those opportunities that are there. So really consider, look at people who are doing it before you do it. Follow the conclusion to the end. Is that the lifestyle you want? Another thing I want you to pay attention to, oh my pachos chachos, is something that I've talked about on several podcasts because it is an absolute tragedy. And this being September, and September is Suicide Awareness Month, Suicides are on the rise. 
With men, as always, men always commit more suicide than women, but women are committing a lot more suicide attempts than ever in the past. And now you know why I think it is. I think social media, peer pressure, comparing yourself to expectations and standards that are not realistic for the average person. I mean, there's a reason why celebrities are such a small part of our population. They are, you know, without blowing up their heads too much, the chosen ones to become the role models and celebrities that the world then grows to love. But why are they killing themselves? You know, obviously that celebrity, that fame, that money, it isn't enough. And so you can have dreams and aspirations of wanting to be in the limelight and have that fame and that glory, but look at their lives. Look at their history. They get divorced so often, even with children in the family. They don't care. They're narcissists. Do you really want to be like that? Do you really want to jump from one relationship to the other? Or wouldn't you rather find something more lasting, more stable, more true and pure? Something that you can trust and depend on. Do you really want to do what the generation before you is doing, which has led to this increase in suicide? I think if you pay attention to what the generations before you are up to and the results and consequences of their choices when they were young, what it's amounted to, I think you would see with your own eyes that it's not going well for them. You know, and along with the increase in suicide, I think another factor other than social media and everything is the feeling of loneliness and isolation. Do you really want to be like this generation that has less sex, as studies have shown? Teenagers and college students not having sex? For me, that's like antithetical. But, it, you know, remember, I was a product of Chicago. I did take the blue pill as it was, and it made my life miserable and meaningless and empty. As I told you, you know, I didn't think I deserved my wife. I thought she deserved better, but I'm glad she had different thoughts and looked at me and weighed my value in a different way than I valued myself early in our relationship. This generation before you, due to their loneliness and isolation and Let's throw in narcissism as well, because, I mean, if you're by yourself, I guess the only thing you can do is focus on you, which increases that narcissism as well. But there's less sex. There's less marriage. Nobody wants to make a commitment anymore. And why would a man want to commit to somebody who plans on divorcing at 40? Emily Rodzikowski said it was kitschy to get a divorce at 40. I mean, that's the generation before you look at their lives. Don't look at her body because that will absolutely distract you. But look at the words she's saying. Look at the consequences of those actions if she were to follow it through. She'd be over 40 and lonely. Go to TikTok. Look at 40-year-old women and feminism and how many 40-year-olds regret following this modern feminist idea that it's all about me. I don't need no man. I need to be a boss, bish, and all this other foolishness. And then look at the results where there are hundreds of videos of 40 or upper 30, 40-year-old women wishing they 
didn't follow this feminist ideals because it's left them lonely. And it's left them with these huge body counts because they didn't respect themselves and they gave themselves to everybody. And no man is going to wife a woman like that. And so then they're left just playing the dating game. And the dating scene, as I've explained to you in previous podcasts, it's terrible. Thank God I met my wife before all of this occurred because I don't think I would make it in this pool. I mean, I'd probably be shallow and pretty successful, but I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be fulfilled like I am now with my beautiful wife, having that commitment and that trust and knowing that she's always going to be there through thick and thin, even on my worst days. She volunteers to give me a massage to make me feel better because she thinks of me. And it's amazing. There's more divorce. You know, I think it's got to be heartbreaking to jump into a relationship. Well, not jump, maybe not jump, but to get into a relationship with all these hopes and dreams that it's going to last forever. And then it doesn't. Look with your eyes, which generation has stayed together the longest? You know, my wife and I, we've only been together for 13 years. It's not that long, although by today's standards, I guess you would say it is. But look at what would be, I guess, your grandparents' generation if you're you know, still in high school. Or my parents' generation if you are like me, uh, a Gen Xer. You know, my parents' generation were the ones who have 30, 40, 50, 60 years committed together. And what an amazing thing. I mean, I used to be so in awe hearing couples tell me that they'd been together for 60 years, I thought that was true clout. See, that for me, that's what I saw. And that's what I wanted to replicate. And so I tried, albeit with blue glasses, looking at the world through a blue lens, and it didn't work out. And it wasn't until I humbled myself before my Lord and begged him to help me, to choose for me, because I didn't want to take that control anymore. I wanted him to show me the way. So I humbled myself and I did it. And now I'm in a great relationship, something that I've dreamed up forever. And don't tell me young generations don't want that. Don't tell me a kid in high school wouldn't want to 60 years later say to their children, we've been together for 50 years. That's a beautiful story. That's a love story. And so there's less love because everything is narcissism. Everything is, let's do what's easy. Divorce is easier than working it out. Cheating is easier than doing the work and getting the grade. Take a look at these generations ahead of you with their failed divorces, with their children who have been uprooted from a stable family and thrown into the chaos of a divorced family. Look at the statistics. When there are only single mothers in the home, it does not go well for the children. Is that the gift you want to give to your own children? Look with your eyes. Which generation do you want to mimic? And I promise you it's not this modern, contemporary ideology of be happy with who you are, slay Shiva and all this other narcissism. It's humble yourself. Put your family's needs before your own and watch how your family rewards you for that action.
I mean, our country right now, we have less kids to replace those who are dying. I believe the numbers, the numbers are very funny when it comes to kids, but, you know, the number to replace the old generations is something like 2.1 children per family. And we're sitting somewhere at like 1.89 kids per family. I mean, I know. Obviously, there aren't any kids being chopped up or anything. Good God, I hope there isn't. But you understand the idea. We are not fulfilling our roles as a species. In order for our species to exist, we have to pass the torch on to the next generation. But what if there is no next generation? What if we end up like the society in the science fiction movie, uh, Children of Men, where nobody has any kids anymore? And so everybody is old and dying. And there's no one there to remind them that life will keep going, that their sacrifice was worth something, that their lives had meaning. Look with your eyes and decide for yourself, which generation do you think has done it right? Which generation do you want to mimic? And I hope it's more like mine, like my parents, that you start respecting women who stay with their family, that work things out, regardless if their husband makes a bad decision every once in a while. Well, hopefully not once in a while. I mean, that would be too often even for me. But, you know, everybody deserves second chances. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has a point of weakness. But when you get married, you make that commitment that we're going to work things out. We're going to help you get through the valley of darkness that you are in. And then everything will be light. And honestly, the only recommendation that I can give you, which is the same recommendation I've been giving forever, is talk to my father. Speak to your God. Humble yourself. The Bible does not say love who you are, where you're at. My Lord asks for one sacrifice, and that sacrifice is yourself. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. You know my favorite passage in the Bible, Romans 12. Be not conformed to this world, but instead offer yourself as a living sacrifice through the renewal of your mind. Renew your mind, your thoughts, your goals, your ambitions by taking inventory, taking stock of what your predecessors have. And if you want what they have, if you want their misery, if you want their loneliness, if you want their brokenness, their drug addictions, their suicidal thoughts, then by all means, continue the path that we're on. But I think you're smarter than that. I think you realize that we have gone in the wrong direction and the pendulum of society is ready to turn back. And it's up to you our younger generations, to bring that swing more towards a conservative side that humbles themselves for the benefit of your family. Sacrifice your ego to make room for your God. Sacrifice your dreams and desires for the dreams and desires of your family. And watch how fruitful your life becomes. The last thing I want to talk about, and then I'll finish up here, is Uh, A video that's circulating, Uh, I found it on Facebook, I'll attach the link uh, in the description, but I think if you Google wage slaves, 
you'll find this video, but there's this guy who was asked the question, you know, do you think women want to work in the workforce? And his answer is amazing because no, why, why would you want to work? If I had a choice, I wouldn't work. I'm just waiting for, you know, my wife to get everything down in the stock exchange so that we can make enough money through the savings that we've incurred to build up enough where I can step out, where I can write, where I can help raise my kids, where I can clean my home and do the dishes and the laundry and the lawn and that be my only job. And then with open arms, bring in my children, help them with their schooling, play with them, love them, build memories with them. We were made for more than just making a profit for some other person. Heck, we were made for even more than just making a profit for ourselves. You know, money isn't real. When it comes to happiness, like the country song says, money isn't real. It doesn't call you like your mama does. It doesn't ask you how you're doing. It can't buy you real love. So enough of this thinking that I have to be this profession or I have to be this career or I have to make this amount of money, that's a lie. It eats up all of your free time that you can spend with your family, that you can spend working on yourself, that you can spend like these women, as he mentions in the video, who come from Muslim countries where the man works and they stay at home, but they're not just staying at home doing nothing. Because they have free time, they become entrepreneurs creating businesses because then they're able to think of what does society need, what holes are there, and how can I fill them to be prosperous? You were not born to be a doctor or a lawyer. You were not born to chase a paycheck. You were born to build a family. You were born to fall in love. The kingdom of heaven is spread before us, and yet many of us do not see it because we're blinded by these ambitions that society has pushed upon us, that you have to have certain things, a certain size home, a certain amount of zeros after the comma on your paycheck. You would be happy, I promise you, with a family that loved you, a spouse who put your needs first, and not making a lot of money. It happens. It happens every single day. You go to other countries where they don't value this corporatism, this idea that you have to get this high-level degree of education so that you can become successful. They're successful in their small families and their small villages with very little, but they're happy and they don't get divorced. And they have children who will hold their hand on their way out of life. And they have plenty of sex and no divorce Look with your eyes. Look at the cultures that have those things that you want. And then find out how to do it, how to mimic it. And then more importantly, teach that to your kids. Stop teaching your kids that the most important thing in their life is their job. Just like your parents who met each other and at one point, if they're not together, were in love before they were blinded by narcissism, selfishness, and you know trivial pursuits like money, I think you'll be a lot happier. 
And at the end of the day, that is what I am trying to accomplish here through the Pacho's perspective. I want you to be happy. And I think if you really start looking with your eyes, you'll see that this modern feminism is not good. This chasing the green dragon of money is not good. This libertinism, libertarianism of having sex with multiple partners, it only leaves you empty. So, with that said, I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless. I'll talk to you then.